hello, 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 and welcome to episode two of I'm That Girl. My name is Marquetta DeVille, and I am your host. We have a very special guest on with us today, Mr. Shondell Newsom, the visionary of Some New Marketing. Welcome, 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 Shondell. How are you? You know, thank you, Marquetta, and thank you for having me today. I'm really excited about the opportunity to share whatever I can with the with your audience. Oh, thank you so much. We know how busy you are. So for you to take the time out to join me today, I'm super excited. And I thank you again for joining me. So we are going to jump right on into our series today because I feel like we have so much to talk about. How, so sure. how was your day? My day was very busy, as you as you alluded to, right? Um, we, the staff, every I went to the office and everybody started grabbing. So I stepped, went from room to room, office to office. So, but I love it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, as I said, you're the visionary of some new marketing. So, if you can just give the audience a quick, short bio of who is Shondell Newsom. Wow. Oh, a short bio, huh? So let's say this. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was an entrepreneur at 14. I went in the Air Force for a decade, um, then spent some years with uh, with Station Casinos um, and then uh, started up with some new. I mean, knew some marketing first and then it, it morphed into some new marketing once it became a family owned business. Oh, I love it. So fun fact that I did not say I was going to throw in there, but um, Shadell was actually one of the first people to ever give me a job as a teenager um, at Prudential Insurance. So he kind of helped lay the foundation for many of the youth in our family. And you continue on with that legacy through some new marketing, correct? Yes. You know what? And and so, you know, throughout, throughout my military career, um, yes, you know, I, I had several businesses. I made any job that I had, whether it was a second job, I made it into my entrepreneurial venture. So I worked at Radio Shack and I started selling cell phones. Then when I Prudential, you talked about, I sold that book of business to one of my partners. So I, I always found extra extra way to make extra cash. Right. <laughs> And I appreciate the foundation because I'm always finding an extra way to make some extra cash. <laughs> I love it. So um, today's show, we're talking welfare versus wealth. So I found it important that we give a quick definition. So let's start with welfare because welfare definitely doesn't just mean you're getting assistance from the government. What I heard you on a podcast or maybe even just the Facebook live a couple months ago, just talking about the difference. And I said, well, when I start my podcast, I need Shondell to come on and give my audience that same information. So let's talk. Um, when you think of welfare, what comes to mind? So, you know, my father, my father used to talk um, about welfare being a trap, especially for minorities. Like we get trapped into a welfare state of mind. So it's not like you said, it's not food stamps or Section 8 or anything like that. And it's not to bring anybody down. But what he was saying is it's, it's a state of mind. And what happens is sometimes we don't believe that we can achieve. So some of the things you guys talk about at DeVille Realty, 
it's far-fetched for a person with a welfare state of mind because in their in their state of mind they can't go above beyond where they are at that point in time so my father talked about um generational welfare state of mind where you don't believe you can own a home you don't believe you can own a business you don't believe that you can even get a well-paying job because you're you're trapped in a cycle of of a welfare state of mind right so it's fair to say that welfare is overall just the state of mind that you're in at that given moment in your life right some people take it on a little bit longer but at the end of the day it's really just a state of mind yeah so and, and that, oh go ahead and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a temporary situation if people even really think about where welfare started during the great depression it was supposed to be a temporary solution and then we kept reusing that same band-aid if you will and some of us got trapped into generational welfare. So the things that you and I just talked about, extra cash, mm -hmm. that's where people are going the opposite way. They're trying to make sure they don't show too much cash because then that will take away some of the subsidies and the government assistance and all those things that they, they would have. So they're actually going the opposite direction that you and I are talking about. Okay. So with that being said, how would you define wealth? Well, I, you know, wealth to me is is not just about money. Like wealth has to embody everything that you do, your spirit, your mind, your soul. And then carrying, um, I, I think to me, wealth has to be even in my children and my grandchildren and my nephews and nieces and in the next generation. And we should be able to pass those things along. We should be like Disney. Um, my, my favorite wealth person is Warren Buffett, right? Warren Buffett. Um, has all of that stuff and it's not just the money it's, it's it's a different mindset as well right okay so um as many may or may not know you started as a teenage father and moved on to become a single father of four before meeting your now wife miss arlene newsome right <laughs> Right. Yes. Um, what was the pivot point that got you from uh, a teenage father, a single father into who you are today? What was the pivot point that changed for you and you knew something had to give? Well, you know, it, it was it was really my parents helping me to um, like understand that that wasn't the end of my journey. Right. Because some parents really, really get down on their kids when they have have kids. So both of my parents were supportive. But one thing that my mom did that was very, very um, um, instrumental was introducing me to a man um, who owned a business. His, he owned Lou Edna Graphics. His name was Michael Collins, a deacon in my church. He owned several brownstones. He, he, he walked and talked different than everybody else in the neighborhood. He drove a Lincoln town car. And so one of the things that, that helped me was to understand that having children um, in high school wasn't the end of my journey. It was actually the beginning of my dreams. Um, and, and, and that was the biggest challenge that I would face is um, being a single father was the biggest challenge that I would face um, because trying to raise four kids, serve in the military, and, and then do some of the side hustles that I needed to do um, you know, it was it was very, very, um, very tough and very challenging. So I live by the quote with Dr. King, uh, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in times of 
in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. So that was that pivotal point right there is meeting Michael Collins um, as a as a teenage as a teenager. Awesome, awesome. So, um, what would be your advice to a? And before I forget, thank you for your service, right? Because. Yes. We appreciate all of our military active and veterans um, that served our country so that we can be free to do as we choose, right? We're not living um, in a chaotic time because of the service of our military family. So I thank you for your service. My and pleasure. If I could ask you to give advice to today's generation, what would be mm. your advice, whether it's a young man, young woman, um, teenage father? Well, I, I would say this is one thing is be accountable, um, be accountable to what you've done. That's one of the things my parents said, hey, be accountable. Um, you, you had these kids. Don't run away from them. And one of the things that I say is if you can if you can serve and, and do for others before you do for yourselves. And that's what kids force you to do. Like all those fathers out there who feel like, you know, I know you're scared if you got to be a single father, or you have to take care of your kids. I guarantee you, if you focus on those kids and you focus on someone else, the, the greatest thing that happens is you start to excel in places you never, ever imagined. You know, when you like when you focus on your daughter, like you, you and your kids and your grandkids, you start to see that God starts blessing you even more. So I think people think that being selfish is kind of the secret sauce. But I say being selfless is the secret sauce to being successful. Awesome. Thank you for that answer. Um, mm -hmm. And so being which you did not mention, <laughs> the small <laughs> business, and tell me if I'm saying it wrong, but you're the small business advocate, correct? Yes. Yes. So one, and, and re the reason it goes back to is, is um, going back to Michael Collins, what I learned is he was able to give all the kids in the church jobs, right? Right off, right off the bat, he gave me a job, but also he taught me how to start my first business. Um, even though he didn't agree with the business, he started to really, really help me out. He taught me how to invest. He, my first business was doing tape covers and flyers and posters. You know, hip hop had first started. So at 14 years old, I was just doing that, making about $300 a week, you know, which back then was you know, a lot of money. It was, I was making more money than the rappers. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it, it was, a, it was it, but it taught me a lot. It taught me how to manage money, taught me how to invest. Later, when I got my license for Prudential, I learned how to invest a little bit more. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the life lessons that you learn and have great mentors, like great people who can who can tell you how to do things in, in those adverse times. And, and when you when you're struggling, those people will probably be your best um, allies to hold you up. Awesome. And so if you could give any advice to other entrepreneurs, what would you say? I would say um, the, the best thing for an entrepreneur is do like um, like uh, Walt Disney, right? Find a purpose, find a, a reason why you're in business. And and for me, you know, being in business is, is about helping other small businesses and helping them to excel. There, there, there's a there's a misnomer or misperception a lot about marketing that it's an output. But marketing is more of an input, is more of an emotion. And if you could tap into people's emotions, and get them you can get them to buy just about anything if you if you find the right emotion 
that's something that they care about. So my advice is find your purpose, find your gift, find what God has laid out for you and you go in that direction. But if you're even if you're a serial entrepreneur, stay focused on how you make an impact in, a, in society with your customers, with your community and everything works like like in, in, a, in a nice, nice, neat way when you focus on how you how you serve and how you could be the best of service and be the best you that you can be. Awesome. Awesome. So one other question. Um, well, I won't say one other question. What's next for Shondell? So we know you recently um, stepped away from your seat with, as a chair with the Urban Chamber but you hold so many other roles in the community. <laughs> so I'm going to be nosy and say, what's next for Shondell Newsom? Well, right now, and, and you're probably the first one that I've actually done a, a live interview and talked about it, but I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the uh, um, committee, uh, the Com community affairs committee for the Super Bowl host committee in Las Vegas. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really focused and honed in on um, trying to help us have a connection um, with the community, with the Super Bowl in 2024, um, and 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 also really focusing on small businesses with the Vegas Chamber, trying to elevate our small businesses in in a way and in a manner where they can be profitable and and grow even beyond the founder, even beyond the the owner. How do you how do you make that grow? And of course, you know my granddaughter, she's here now, um, working on the some new solution zone, which my daughter created. Um, you know, your sister, Carla, was was instrumental in us launching some new marketing. So it's really carrying it on generation to generation. We're right. going on 17 years. I'm just ready to keep going. I just want to be I just want to be that conduit where people grow. That's that's mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to continue to do. Awesome. Awesome. So Shondell put it out there for you guys. Shondell is actually my uncle. He is. <laughs> I, I'll say uncle slash second set of parents because my mom and his wife are sisters and they um, they basically raised their first two children together as almost siblings. So we spent a lot of time together. Um, so, yes, I got to grow up with the last 20, what, 25, 28, 27, 28 years. Yeah. Yes. So I get to experience Shondell firsthand for the last 28 years. <laughs> yes. It's and you, and you're doing a great job. You, you are doing a great job with the next generation because all everybody looks up to you. Right. All of the all of the young next generation, they're looking up to Marquetta and she's really filling that void and filling that gap. But I, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about your grandfather, because I really, you know, when you think about what he did in this community with nine children and others that live with him, I mean, holding down a job, holding down a, a, a janitorial service, holding a lawn service. I mean, I, I look up to that guy and, and you we stand on broad shoulders because everybody thinks it starts with us, but it's really people like him. And his situation was not as great as ours. We got so many resources. And that's why, you know, with the Urban Chamber for the last 12 years, we just been building that resource to do some great things in the community. But you're carrying the torch and I'm happy to pass it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um we we still have just a few more minutes and um 
just to is there anything else that we that you would like to share with the audience today any words of wisdom um i mean you've been at what entrepreneurship we say like 30 plus years 40 yeah. plus years now well well, I think the biggest thing that the, the best advice I could give is focus. Like you got to focus and build like building blocks. You can't be all over the place. You got to focus on building one thing at a time. And, and and I gave some of the folks I was mentoring the other day, the, the advice is start from the basics. Don't don't try to have it all at one time. I think social media kind of gives us like everybody's going to be like the Kardashians or everybody's going to do like Beyonce and do all these different things. But one thing that you got to understand, start at the basics. That's what I tell people. The first thing me and Arlene did when we got married and I got out of military was buy a home. And when we bought that home, that home turned into equity and then it turned into opportunity and then it turned into growth. So I'm I'm, I'm doing my Greg DeVille thing right now. But, <laughs> but shout out to Greg. But right. this is really seriously start with a foundation like you got to start with a foundation that is going to be solid. You can't keep jumping around. You can't dance around. You can't be trying to, you know, just do all these tricks. And that's the that's the difference between a welfare mindset and a wealth mindset is the people with a wealth mindset have a focus on financial literacy so that they can build. And me and Arlene have been up. We've been down. We've been up. We've been down. But we always come back to our foundation. And that's owning a home, owning some property, owning a business. You got to own something. Right. So that's amazing that you say that because the foundational scripture for my brand is Proverbs 13 and 22. A wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I I kind of stand on that. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing information um, with my podcast. I'll be able to get some people that know, like, and trust me information from other sources. They're not just hearing it from me. They're hearing it firsthand from, you know, veterans that own homes. Like you can touch the hearts of many other veterans to say, you know what, this guy had four children. And when he got married, we can't forget to say you gained four more children. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, not not just four more children. I gained nieces, nephews, everybody. <laughs> right. So he gave four more children. Plus, my mom had two children. And so it was probably about a total of nine or 10 of us that we just jumped from house to house as youth. But um, the main thing we did, we were all to always stuck together. We were always together at my grandparents' house and Whoever picked us up, you got, you may have eight that you were supposed to get in, but right. we're going to double up. Right. <laughs> it might be 12 of us in the car. Yes. Um, but those were good times growing up. I wouldn't have changed it for anything, but it was more or less of the foundation that we built. Um, we're a very close knit family. We look out for one another and um with my podcast the passion that i have for generational wealth and to educate those that come before and after me um that's why the podcast is here that's why i'm that girl bringing you information on how to create generational wealth 
and it said that real estate is the only thing that you can really pass down to the next generation even in the bible he said go take the land he didn't say take the car he didn't say right. take your michael kors or your louis vuitton or your gucci purse he said take the land so with that being said um we talk generational wealth and yes i would like you to tell the opportunities of what equity has allotted you oh, wow. in your life so it goes back to what you said and I, i'm glad that you 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 have that scripture foundation is one thing number one my father like my father he, he brought a brownstone in the 1970s which we still own um, and it gave it gives us options. It gives us way, serious, serious options. And when he passed away in 09, um, gave my mom just a place where she can, you know, rest her head. But more importantly, she can make she can make whatever she wants to make off of that house. So it, it, and, and equity allows you to do a lot of things. The equity for us. Right. The first time around was about our eight kids and plus, plus, plus. And one of the things that we did was uh, we started businesses with that equity. Um, you know, we 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 um, we were able to start a daycare, Charlie's Learning Center. You remember that? Yeah, yep. your auntie started a daycare. My baby went there. That's right. Your baby went to Charlie Learning Center. So she started yeah. a day daycare off the equity off of our house, and actually, some of the money um, that um, that came off of our house then. Um, helped us to build um, uh, Newsom Marketing at the time. And then mm -hmm. recently we bought a home um, from, from you guys and that gave us another opportunity to do what we do. And, and off of that equity, the first thing is like, we, we paid attention to the markets and looked at low, first time we lowered our mortgage. Mm -hmm. Now, how about that? Nobody gets to lower their rent. I keep telling people that you don't get to lower right. your rent, but we lowered our mortgage with the first um, equity. Then we got a, we got a um, home equity uh, line of credit, and then we turned around and we paid off both of our vehicles. So we mm -hmm. we 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 know how to play the game, right? And that's right. the game. Like I said, Warren Buffett is my hero. I love the way that money works in your favor. And really, what we're talking about is making money cheaper as a resource. And everybody may not understand this, but sometimes when and I tell people this, I told my staff this this morning. Sometimes in the media, people are telling you that you broke, but you're you only broke because you haven't taken that step to put yourself in a position of wealth and change your mindset to wealth. Every you know, some people walk around upset about, oh, I can't buy this and I can't buy that, but you can't buy that because you haven't put yourself in a position to buy that. So that equity allows you to do so many things. Um, you could lower your mortgage, you could you could pay off your cars, you could you you could buy those things that everybody desires, those shoes and purses and all that kind of stuff. But I'm kind of a cheapskate. I, you know, I shop only with, I only <laughs> shop with Clarence and, and, and Sally. That's Clarence and sales. That's all okay. I shop. <laughs> <laughs> so you see those coach purses holding by, bags holding back there, boy, those, they come with at a stream discount. <laughs> okay. But that's yeah. the thing. Um, you hit on some of the very important things you can do with equity, like pay down bills, you know, get yourself out of debt. Um, for me, one of the big ones was where we were able to send our youngest daughter to college. And when she comes out, she's going to be debt free. So um, we were able to put her through college debt free and, um, you know, start up an additional business 
So equity really works in your favor if you work it, right? Yeah. So you yeah. got to get your right lender yeah. and your right real estate company to That's build it. realty groups. Shameless plug, but... <laughs> no shame, no shame. You <laughs> plug it. <laughs> got to do it. So we have just a few more minutes left on here. And I just want you, Shondell, again, thank you so much for coming on. If you can share with the audience how to keep in touch with you or follow you for more great information, those yeah. uh, so inspirational Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn is probably those are the three that I prim primarily um, do a lot on um, anything you want with some new marketing. You just type in some new www.somenewmarketing.com. Um, and, and we also have the Some New Solutions Zone, which my daughter created an online tool so I can mentor people 24 seven with an online and an online presence. And it's very affordable. It's much more affordable than, you know, dealing outside of that virtual world. All righty. Awesome. So thank you so much, Shondell. And that concludes our episode on wealth. All right. Sorry. Welfare versus wealth. Again, my name is Marquetta DeVille. I am your host of I'm That Girl podcast. And I would like to ask you all to go to YouTube and subscribe to I'm That Girl Media. Again, YouTube at I'm That Girl Media. I'm your host, Marquetta DeVille. Until next week, we will be back. Thanks, Shondell. Have a great week.